0: Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Hey, Hey, I am married to Gladys and uh, yes. (laughs) And we have a beautiful son, Yanis, who is currently downstairs. And before starting everything, I just wanted to say that we really love our church. I feel like it's been part of God's plan to come here within this community and to basically grow in faith both individually but also as a couple and now as parents. So really, thank you church. Thanks God for uh, what he's done uh, for us, and he's he's still doing for us. So, um, as I said, today I'll be speaking about my hero faith, but that was not really like what I had in mind before, so I'll just start with a quick anecdote. I think it was about five weeks ago, when Lynn asked me if I would be willing to uh, talk during the summer comment. And I was super pumped, yes, 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 yes! And then, I read that it will actually be about heroes of faith. So hear me out, hear me out. I had already, I felt that God wanted to talk, wanted me to talk about Jonah. And I already had envisioned the different parts that I was about to say. And then heroes of faith, uh, yeah, Jonah, heroes of faith, let's be honest, we could actually more put him in the section of like, anti-hero faith, yeah? (laughs) So um, let's still talk a bit about Jonah because I think that among his story, we have some good learnings that we can take. So I'll just do a quick uh, brief about his story. So Jonah, God sent him on a mission to talk to the people of Nineveh, Israel's enemy. And then, the next thing you know, Jonah is running away. He is boarding on a ship for the opposite direction. If you stop for a minute and you think about it, God created the world, Jonah is trying to run away from God, God will still find him anyway, you know? But. Anyway, so he boards the ship, and he falls asleep in that ship. God then sends a storm, and the sailors they quickly understand that it's not the usual, common storm, but that it is actually a divine one. So they throw the dice to just understand or identify who is the person uh, who is responsible for that. And it comes that it is Jonah. They then ask him, okay, what should we do in order to calm storm? And here, it is is a bit tricky, but I really want to point it out. So Jonah says, throw me overboard. (laughs) Brave gesture? We could think so, but it could also maybe be a way for him to escape the mission that God has assigned to him. I'll let you think about it. Let's continue. So the sailors, even though Jonah asked them to throw him overboard, try different ways. They take away stuff from the from the ship in order to lighten it up. But Still, the storm is really, really um, like strong, and they are already at risk of sinking. So eventually, they do um, throw Jonah out of the water. And here, funny enough, God sends a big fish. The fish swallows Jonah, and Jonah remains in the belly's fish for three days and three nights. This is where the story like takes a bit of an overturn, so during those three days, he prays to God and praises God. Then God commands the fish to vomit him next to Nineveh. Here you would think that Jonah learned his lesson and that he will from now on thoroughly follow um, God's instructions. Well, this time he does obey to God's commandment to go to Nineveh. He does visit the city, and he also does deliver a message. And here is the message: in forty days, no, sorry, forty more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Nothing else. The people of Nineveh don't know the cause of that, don't know how, what they should do to repent. Basically, we can just say that Jonah is doing the bare minimum um, to deliver God's message. So I will stop here because there are still other layers to this story that we could talk about, but what I really wanted to highlight is that, despite the fact that Jonah is reluctant to accomplish God's mission, well, he does it. Now, my hero faith is someone I highly look up to, because throughout my whole life, She has shown faithfulness, and she has shown trust towards God. She is the reason that I trusted God so much in the first place. And I'm talking about my mother. When I think about my mother, I see a living example of a person who has been following and trusting God during her whole life. From fleeing Rwanda due to the genocide with her four kids, and learning that her husband, that stayed behind to help some people, was killed, to starting over in a new country, Kenya, as a refugee, and then, redoing it again several years later in France. I can only look up to her and cannot imagine how hard this whole journey was. But yet, Through it all, God was there. God strengthened her faith and showed her proof that he was there for her. And yes, she just made sure to transfer it to us, her kids. There is one testimony that I would like to share with you today in order to illustrate what I just said about my mother. So, as I said, we lived in Kenya for a couple of years from 1994 to 1996, and when we moved there, we uh, started going to a school, which was a bit far away from uh, where we lived. Therefore, my mom was always making sure to dropping us off in the morning, and then picking us up in the evening after she finished work. Then, this one day, though, she couldn't manage to uh, pick us up, so she told our aunt, who just arrived in, um, in Kenya yes. to pick us up. So, there we were, with our aunt in the bus. We arrived at our destination, we hopped off. In order to get home, we actually had to cross the road, and we usually waited for an adult to let us know when it was safe to do so. But, this time, I don't know why. My brother and I, my brother Eve and I, started crossing as we thought someone said that we could go. My brother, Eve, realized pretty quickly that it was not the case. And he stopped. I did not. Next thing I know, a car hit me at high speed and I fell on my head unconscious. The driver, the driver fled the scene and my aunt stayed in order to stop the cars as I was still laying on the ground in the middle of the road. Then while my brother was running to inform my mother that I had an, had an accident, another driver stopped by and picked me up to drop me to a hospital. By the time my mother arrived, the driver was already gone. So. Nairobi, for those who don't know, is a big city. There is over 5 million people that live there, and you can find over 50 hospitals. So when my mom arrived at the scene of the accident and asked where the driver took me, and then no one was able to tell her where, but only the direction that he took, you can imagine the state that she was in. So my mom took a bus and started looking for me. First hospital, nothing. Second hospital, nothing. But a doctor told her that there was another hospital closer to where we lived. And there she found me laying on the floor with no one taking care of me. When she asked, why no one was actually taking care of me. The doctor simply said that they were waiting for someone to pay for my care up front, which was around 30,000 um, shilling, which is the equivalent of, let's say, 50 euros. Here, as I said previously, we were refugees in Kenya and Refugees were not welcomed back then and received little to no help Therefore, my mom didn't have that amount with her neither with her nor at home She then started to pray to God asking for help And that's when she remembered that one pastor that she knew in Rwanda was said to be living around the neighborhood, the neighborhood, closer to this hospital. She continued prayer and asked this simple prayer to ask God to basically guide her to this pastor. And there she went, walking in a neighborhood that she did not know about, but trusting God for guidance. She arrived in front of a residency held by a guardian and asked to the guardian if he knew that pastor and it happened that the pastor lived in that residency yes yes (laughs) so she knocked on the door and the pastor was there sitting with another man he welcomed her and she explained her situation the pastor then said, your son will live. It is God who brought you here. This man here just came to give me 5,000 shillings as we just moved here and need some financial support. Take it and go heal your son. Here, I will start my testimony. You see, what struck me with my mother's behavior and why she is my hero faith is that she never gave up and she trusted God to help her in these situations and many more situations that she's been going through. When I was reminding myself of this story, these verses of Jeremiah resonated in my head. So, Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 13. You should see them on the screen. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, through these verses, God is not promising us that nothing bad will happen to us. As a matter of fact, when Jeremiah, when Jeremiah wrote these verses, right before he had just declared to the population of Israel that they will be exiled for seventy days, seventy years, in Babylon. Now, God is not. Promising us that nothing bad will happen. He's telling us that he will be with us and take care of us no matter what. Because he has plans for us. We need to submit to him, pray to him, and call his name with all our hearts. Whether it is the reluctant Jonah or my brave mother, God had plans for them and intended to make them happen no matter what and he has the same plans for all of us. I will leave you with these last words of encouragement from C.S. Lewis. Life with God is not immunity from difficulties, but peace within difficulties. So let's not be fearful, doubtful. But let's remain faithful to God in all the situations of our life. God guide us. Amen.